the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Google is one of those companies that came around, we saw it, we heard it become a verb. Great Googling. Googled me. Some invested, some didn't. Some waited for pullbacks. Well, stock's at an all-time high today. They've changed their name to Alphabet, which I'm not going to say it's growing on me, but I just wish it was still Google. It's the best way of saying that. I'm always fascinated when you see Google's quarterly numbers because you get to see little pieces of their pie and what they're trying to pull off. I'm stunned in this day and age that I, I really think if your kids are watching TV, they're not normal. Your kids today are all watching YouTube, right? So if they're watching network TV, like what's wrong with that kid? I used to love network TV and back to school was when all the shows would start. So it was one of the, the painful things about growing up and going back to school. But you also got new TV shows, right? So they started to tease them right about now. Anyhow, I'm digressing. Your kid's a weirdo if he's watching normal TV instead of YouTube. Or other Apple uh, Alphabet. See how, see how it's killing me? I want to say Apple or Amazon instead of Alphabet. So YouTube's fascinating to watch grow. Autonomous cars, cloud computing. J.P. Morgan reiterated its overweight rating on Alphabet shares. Alphabet delivered strong top-line results, strong revenue. They talked a lot about machine learning and artificial intelligence driving innovation, whether it's mobile search, cloud, Google Home, Assistant, Waymo. They got, they got some action going. I'm not a... Uh, okay, Google. The, the smart assistants are just annoying at this point in time for me. But analysts think there's meaningful runway across search and YouTube as return on investment improves and TV dollars shift more online. Google segments have cloud play hardware, strong momentum. So analysts continue to recommend owning shares of Google pretty much so across the board as they see more growth opportunities still there and other big bets. So it's a tough stock to talk about because when you look at it, you see the shares are trading at 1261. Twelve sixty, twelve hundred dollars per share. Now, one analyst says I see two hundred dollars upside to that twelve hundred dollars. So, and I know you go, well, that doesn't feel like very much. It's not very Netflixian of you, or Amazonian. It's a little bit more mature. It's a little bit older of a company. It's a little bit bigger of a company. So, so far this year, shares of Alphabet, aka Google. Up about 15% this year. Yeah, not awful. But is it Amazon? Do you have that little other stock envy? I know a lot of people suffer from it. Bitcoin's back above 8000 for the first time since May. 
And it seems like it was just about this time last year when Bitcoin heated up. Are we are we in for another round? I'll tell you what's not in the cards right now. It doesn't feel like it's going to crash. This time last year, people would say things like, well, it could go to 50,000 or it could go to zero. So there's a feeling that it could crash, right? That's kind of starting to abate ever so slightly, in my opinion. So that's out there. Other big stories of Note Verizon. They added new subscribers. And whenever I see Verizon at this point in time, it's an old telco company, right? It's got the subscriber mentality that, that Wall Street tends to love. If you can get people to pay every month, it's visible. Somehow, Verizon added 398,000 subscribers. I'm like, who doesn't have a phone that wants a phone? I would imagine everyone in America. Then you start getting things where people are always coming to the country, and you start getting some um, you know, upgrade cycles, and maybe a watch thrown into the, the data plan. 398,000 subscribers. Let's say they all pay $100 a month. You can kind of see how attractive that is on Wall Street's you know, language. You can figure out the, the, the next big chunk of money coming in is going to be in 30 days. So Verizon, for their part, has to take that money and build its 5G network. So you're not going to be paying 5G prices for 4G service. So to get those 5G prices, they have to get the 5G service. Income fell to about $4.1 billion in the last 90 days for Verizon. So $4.1 billion. They make a lot of money. And they have that cute, albeit tricky, unlimited plan now, family unlimited plan, where if dad's the real data consumer, he gets the plan with the most minutes per month or megs per month or gigs per month. Isn't it funny how we talk now? So Google all-time high. Yay. Verizon. Doing nice. Not an all-time high, though. But doing nice. So bond market is something that we're paying a lot of attention to. And I've seen some strategists and analysts say it's not going to spill over the stock market. And I've seen some say that it will. Strategists see the 10-year Treasury right around 3.6% at the end of 2019. It's had a real big problem getting above 3% and holding it. So what's worthy of note on that statement by itself is we do expect it to get above and get there. And it's going to be kind of interesting because you saw Donald Trump start talking about the Federal Reserve. And everyone was like, oh, no, the president never talks about the Federal Reserve. And Donald Trump said something along the lines of, if the Fed would stop raising interest rates, our stock market would be even higher than it is. And there's some truth to that. So, but you know it, I know it, we know it, we don't talk about it. But that's also kind of artificially manipulating an economy by using interest rates to stimulate. It's engineering. It's not, it's not, a, it's not as negative as it's implied with that. But if our Federal Reserve said, okay, we're going to lower interest rates, people will be very Pavlovian and think that's a good thing going down the road. That'll lower the cost of housing. That'll lower the cost of a lot of things. So fixed income, bonds, and where they go and how they handle that move is going to be important. And it's think of this, too. Our government issues a ton of debt. And the lower the interest rate, the lower the repayment. 
So we got this trade war thing outlook going on. And then you start getting interest rates moving. Now, true, it gives the Fed some wiggle room to move down in the future when the economy does slow. But a lot of people are concerned right now about how 2019 plays out with the bond markets and 10-year treasuries marching higher. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So it's been a funny year, right? What I mean by that is that uh, you kind of never know what it's going to be the year about. I think last year was the hashtag Me Too movement, right? What's 2018? What's 2019? 2018 had a funny story in it, and I was like, is this really going to take off? And it didn't, fortunately. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting year, to say the least, and how it moves and cuts and jives, per se. So Alphabet earnings beat. Shares rise 4%. Remember the back in the day when stocks moved 10% in today? Oh, those were the days. So, Biogen is in the news today. Alphabet, Verizon, all companies reporting numbers that beat expectations. Biogen's an interesting one. I don't really do a lot of biotech. Um, on the show, it, it's, it's tricky because talking about tariffs and hits to the economy and ramifications and uh, studying you know, the, the cow. I went to a grocery store yesterday two days ago and a piece of meat a market steak a market steak cost twenty nine ninety nine a pound and I was like I think I think I'll stick with a hamburger um, now one of the reasons steak and meat is so expensive right now is because we've kind of figured out a way to sell every piece of the cow Americans are very picky on what we eat but you can send, how shall we say, some of the less delicious parts to other countries and make some big money. Only problem is, that's one of the things that is being tariffed. So there's a thought that tariffs can happen very, very, very fast. But raising a calf, it takes about three years to get from you know, small to big enough to eat. So farmers are now starting to say, okay, these tariffs, we're not going to be selling as much overseas. We better stop. We only need 90 cows instead of 100 cows. Um, so they're starting to rethink things. And that should drive down the cost because right now there's just a ton of, of cow sitting in refrigerators across the country. Some of it's waiting to go to foreign markets. that It's not going to get there because... You know, if you have inventory buildup, you basically have rotten food. That's not good. So, uh, so we're paying attention to stakes right now and tariffs and ramifications on the farmers. Farmers aren't happy, and that's an area that Donald Trump is trying to. I'm not going to say suck up to, but uh, stay in good favor. Whirlpool's down 10 percent today. Appliance maker. Um, lower than expected earnings. 
So that's out there. Lockheed Martin's up. It's called a defense firm. They had better than expected earnings. Uh, Square, Deutsche Bank boosted its price on the company to $78. Square is, uh, I don't know if you had anyone cut your hair and you get a credit card, they give them to you, and they're using the credit card with their phone, and they're swiping it, and you're like, wow, that's kind of cool. What is that? And uh, it's a way for people to get paid. It's a way for transacting business. So we have been paying a lot of attention to what's called FinTech. Now, one of the stories that's just not really going away terribly fast, John Shatner from Papa John's. His company is now... His company is now... Listen to how... The board of directors are working. They've created a, basically a poison pill to stop him from potentially taking over the company. He owns 30.3% of the stock. In theory, he could buy more shares, and they're saying, we're going to put a poison pill in there so that you know he can't basically run the ship. Now, he's saying he should never have resigned. Do you see the nightmare that Papa John's has on their hands? And you get someone who wants to be a good dad, and you're like, well, that guy said the N-word. I'm not buying pizza from him. And that's what Papa John's is thinking as a company. Now, he is Papa John's in in theory, but using a racial slur on a conference call uh, about how to stop using racial slurs. That's terrible. I don't know how I feel about this. You know, James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for tweets that he tweeted um, eight, nine years ago, right? And to me, I'm just like, okay, who's the who did he hurt? Or was that just a, a bad joke? A tasteless joke? And was there someone, did he on a set say, hey, pretty girl, if you want to be a movie star, you know, I need you to compromise your, your morals. No, he just he wrote some pretty stupid tweets, and he's gone. So Papa John's was caught using a racial slur about how to handle using racial slurs. It's very, very odd. And again, it's, it's, it just happens so fast that you really have to be paranoid about what's coming out of your mouth if you're trying to be edgy. It just doesn't sell right now. So, bad actions I get. Edginess? Oof. Oof. Poor taste? Oh, and then Roseanne's not going away either. She got a bizarre little press release this week where basically no one wants her on TV, so she recorded herself and distributed it that way. Never a good idea. Just my opinion. <laughs> Never a good idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, consistent and robust. That's what analysts are saying about Google's quarter. And that's taking the, the, the market higher today. That's cool. I like nice little stories like that. Kylie Jenner's $800 million cosmetic empire could end up suffering the same fate as Martha Stewart's failed media company. Why is that? Kylie Cosmetics has sold more than $630 million worth of makeup. Jenner is huge about supporting her own company on social posts. 
So there's this huge celebrity appeal touting the brand. And during business tends to have something that's a little bit bigger. But 900 million cosmetics queen as she marches to that 1 billion. It's impressive. But it's all about one person. How's that going to sell in the future? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Checking to see if we got Patrick O'Hare. Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing fine. It's good to be back with you. It's good to be here and uh, good to have you and always good to talk. Earnings season is one of my favorite things on Wall Street. It happens, I guess, every 90 days or so. And uh, it's kind of to tell the truth and a lot of S&P 500 action this week. Uh, how are we doing so far in earnings season? Uh, doing great, really, uh, by by all accounts. Um, got double digit earnings growth across uh, just about every sector, and um, and you've seen the uh, the earnings growth estimate go up as the uh, early portion of the reporting period has unfolded. Uh, according to facts, that right now S P five hundred earnings growth expect to be about twenty one percent in the second quarter versus twenty uh, uh, percent on June thirtieth. So we're moving in the right direction there. Um, and uh, you're seeing uh, that reflected uh, today, certainly, or since yesterday's close, where you've had, you know, a number of companies uh, across various sectors uh, check in with some better than expected results. So, while the market seems to be uh, honing in on the idea that Alphabet has catalyzed today's uh, rally effort, um, it, there's also more to the story, and that I think the the rally effort is underpinned by the fact that there's been some broad-based earnings beats that truly reflect uh, the the earnings power of corporate America right now uh, that's been helped along by the tax cuts, uh, certainly share buyback activity, but importantly, uh, a pickup in end demand that's showing up in very strong revenue growth. I seem to have shares of Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Apple in my own account, and I seem to talk about them all the time. Um, are we talking too much and focusing too much on the FANG stocks, the Facebook, the Amazons, the Netflix, the Googles, and Apples? Well, I, I, it, the two are probably related. I think because they are so widely owned, uh, uh, you get talk, they get talked about a lot, right, because that's what people want to know about. Um, but I do think there is some concentration risk, uh, you know, within that contingent, right? Um, obviously, they're doing doing great, a uh, lot of business momentum there uh, for each of those companies, and, uh, and they've, they've provided investors with, with a reason to stay invested in those names. Um, but the fact that they do seem to be so widely owned and everyone is always saying, you know, this is what I do own, i.e. these FANG stocks, uh, it, it raises some concerns about, um, you know, what happens in the event, you know, you run into a, a market event uh, that leads to some emotional selling because in a, in a period like that, uh, you, you don't necessarily get to sell what you want, you sell what you can. 
and uh, obviously there's a lot of liquidity in those names, and, and those would be targets in any type of you know uh, market dislocation. And so um, I think investors, you know, they obviously need to be cognizant of that, and 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 the timing of when you know they might need cash. Um, so, uh, but but fundamentally speaking, I mean, these companies are. Are really hitting the ball out of the park still. Even Netflix, for that matter. Granted, the you know they had the subscriber shortfall uh, in the second quarter, but you know that was primarily the, the company's own error in terms of its forecasting. I mean, there's still really strong growth there at Netflix, but um, I'm not suggesting that it's a, a quote good value. Um, but uh, but there's a lot of business momentum there that certainly keeps the excitement going. Uh, around that name in a bull market where interest rates are still relatively low uh, and there's still a lot of cash on the sidelines. We have a president who is tweeting today that he's excited about tariffs, that tariffs are great. Um, Something feels wrong to me just talking about a president who's tweeting, but it is what it is. Tariffs are the greatest. Um, The the tariff trade talk war is heating up. $34 billion worth of Chinese imports, and it's targeted $16 billion more uh, to come online soon. Uh, how does this whole tariff thing end, in your opinion, on Wall Street? It is the great question. Um, it is, isn't it? I wish I had a def- <laughs> I wish I had a definitive answer, but you know, again, it's one of those things too that I worry that there's a little bit too much complacency in the market about how this thing gets resolved because uh, the consensus view seems to be that uh, things will work out. You know, that not to get too worried and too overly concerned that you get into a full-fledged trade war. That's certainly possible, right? That you know, things do get get worked out. I you know just worry that um, that we're not allowing for the possibility of a, of a you know of a negative outcome um, the president has certainly sounded very resolute in terms of his dealings uh, with China and uh, and you heard this this morning that you know China is now implementing a you know a new a proactive fiscal stimulus plan to help offset, you know, a slowdown there and and the effects I think related to these to these trade issues and and I think if for someone like President Trump, you know, he probably sees that uh, as a sign of weakness really and gives him an opportunity to, you know, perhaps press the pedal to the metal there in terms of forcing China's hand uh, on these trade matters and and uh, unless he gets the concessions he's looking for um, doesn't seem likely to let up there, so um, so that's bothersome. Um, and I think, with respect to uh, our dealings with the European Union, um, tomorrow's meeting between European Commission President Juncker and President Trump is going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, and I think that uh, you know the outcome of that meeting, or, or the sense of whether things are moving in a favorable direction on on. Uh, tariff issues there uh, could could be an inflection point for the market that helps drive it to new highs here, or conversely, if things do not go well, and that's the perception of it, uh, could really dial things back in a hurry. It certainly is an interesting year, to say the least, and it's not even, it's barely halfway over, and we got elections coming up. Um, should, we, should we be worried at this point in time? Because I keep, on one level, I go, politics is coming up there's gonna be a lot of sound bites there's gonna be a lot of drama there's gonna be a lot of negative energy but on the other hand i'm like i saw that jobs report on friday and it was pretty good and 
I go jobs greater than rhetoric. Uh, are, are you looking forward to the elections? Maybe eventually being <laughs> over and given like it's just a there's there's never a dull moment in our business. Yeah, well, recently, you know, I, I, I recently um, saw, I think it was an NBC Wall Street Journal poll uh, looking at the president's approval rating, right, and um, seemed to get relatively low marks on matters related to trade and Russia and immigration. Uh, but where he scored better was uh, on the handling of the economy. And, um, in, you know, rightly or wrongly, a lot of people, and perhaps the majority of people, I, I, I think, tend to vote based on their economic position or their feelings of job security and 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 uh, and whatnot. And um, and so uh, to think that you know the Democrats are going to kind of steamroll through the midterm elections and really take control of that of uh, you know of Congress. Um, is a question that's being you know put to the test, I think, with the strength of the economy, and so it's going to be a really interesting midterm election, and um, and there is the potential. I've heard the current of thought here that you know were the Democrats to you know win control of Congress, that it would be a a negative factor for the stock market, which has clearly responded quite well to the uh, policies implemented by the Trump administration. Um, so I do think there is a little bit of risk of that, just purely from a sentiment standpoint and, a, and perhaps a short-term um, standpoint. But um, but it is shaping up to be a very interesting midterm election that needs to be closely watched. It's always entertaining, to say the least. Um, but it is earnings season, so we always got that to look forward to every 90 days. We get President Trump on the sidelines. Uh, we get a little bit of China, a little bit of North Korea. Anything else that you're working on uh, that maybe we should be aware of as we start to wrap up the segment, Mr. O'Hare? Well, don't forget uh, to throw Iran in that mix now, too, Rob. Um, Fair you know, Obviously, the, uh, the, the saber rattling is picking up there, so something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I'm in processing mode right now. we got a lot of big things coming out this week and happening this week, and uh, just trying to take it all in, and uh, we'll come up with some, uh, some perspective in my big-picture column on Friday. Sounds good. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. I start my morning every morning with his page one. Uh, today's topic started with the S&P 500 earnings. Um, good stuff. You can find it at briefing.com. Unbiased international and domestic market news, commentary, and perspective. Uh, Verizon, Lockheed Martin, United Tech, Biogen, 3M, TD Ameritrade, Sherwin-Williams, Eli Lilly, JetBlue, all had nice quarters. It's kind of crazy when you can throw that out there. And uh, something Mr. O'Hare talked about in that segment was also Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. They seem to have this gang, this fang gang. Gosh, you got to say that kind of slowly, right? A fang gang mentality to it. Um, Apple, not Apple, I'm sorry, uh, Alphabet comes out with a pretty good quarter. And... Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft all trade higher in, in, in the markets. What's good for one's good for all? Not quite, because earlier this week we had Netflix, and they reported not much pop there for the other guys. But anyhow, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Things change on occasion. You probably remember Ford as a child, right? Ford Motor. They've announced essentially the death of the sedan. Now, it's not giving a ton of information about their transformation going forward. But they're going to give us a little bit more tomorrow, Wednesday, when they report their earnings. So the automaker Ford, which it's kind of iconic, right? Do you you remember the big icon it was as a child? They have an issue on their hands where they tend to make SUVs and trucks and are really good at making profits with them. And then they have some things that don't make as much sense for them to continue to make forever and ever. The Fiesta and the Taurus. Now, how about the Ford Mustang? Should that stay or go? I dated a girl once who had a a 69 racing Mustang. And uh, iconic, right? So a little bit of a turnaround bid going on right now, trying to reduce capital. The sedan killing action shows that Ford is not afraid to rock the boat. And sometimes that kind of leadership's important. Car buyers in the United States have gravitated towards pickups and SUVs. Seven out of the ten cars sold fall into that category. So Ford is going to be taking a little bit of a gamble. Will it work or not work? So it's not been a good year for the stock price. It hasn't been a good 12 months, six months, seven months three months. So Ford's the only automaker still stuck in the red in the past three months struggling. And we know the jobs report in the United States is good, so we know that they should be doing their stock should be performing a little bit better. So look for a big shakeup on Ford. Hey, which would you rather do? Buy Bitcoin or Really throw your money away and go for the Mega Millions. <laughs> like, what a game, huh? Which would you rather? Children go through a phase in life where they go, Dad, who do you think would win? A Stegosaurus or a Tyrannosaurus? And no matter what you say, it's going to be the wrong answer. So which would you rather have? A Mega Millions jackpot lotto ticket? Or... of Bitcoin. I think the $2 of Bitcoin would work out better for you probably than the Mega Millions. So that's going down tonight. Another Mega Millions drawing. And it's kind of interesting because people don't really start losing their mind on playing the lottery until it hits $500 It's as if $300 is not worth your time. You're not even going to wake up to, to go after a million and a half. Because how far is that going to last you in this day and age? But the Powerball jackpot. So no winner on Saturday. Now the next big drawing is for the Mega Millions. $533 million. Uh, still way off. Way off. From the $1.5 billion big jackpot one on January 13th, 2016. So, are you going to play? Are you? Are you? Are you? Um, probably not. Trump's turning up the heat on trade tariffs. Calling tariffs the greatest. 
yesterday there was a tweet that, you know, basically told Iran, knock it off or we will shut you down. All in caps. When your president is tweeting in caps, this is the 21st century. Whoa. Interesting study came out recently on our habits of spending money. And I think this is one that it's a little bit of a stickler in a bad way. I'm not going to be the guy who, you know, tells you don't ever have any fun. But how much do you think you're paying for your Netflix or your Spotify or your Amazon Prime? Survey comes out that tells us that we're basically underestimating those expenses to the tune of 50 plus percent. Now think of some of the other subscriptions you have, not just Amazon and Netflix and Spotify. Think about some of the other ones, some of the dating apps, some of the cable television subscriptions to things like HBO. Then you get Wi-Fi subscriptions. So we're spending a lot more than we think. On average, consumers spend twice as much as they think they do. We think we cough up about $110, $111 a month on those services, but it actually is more like $237, which, again, over a month, yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot. That's just another $120 more, but let's do that on the year, and suddenly you're at you know $1,500 more. And that could be your retirement money. So subscriptions are debts, right? You have to pay them or they get them cut off. It's one of the business lessons that you can learn about life insurance. It's fantastic. The business lesson is there that you pay for it while you're alive. And if you stop paying for it, you get nothing. And if you die, you get nothing. So you only win it by dying. And if you don't pay every single month while you're alive, you lose. That's not a scam, but subscription model of monthly payments. Very, very, very powerful. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.